It's an amazing thought, isn't it? I can see you, but you can't see me. All of us can see ourselves backwards, back in time, but none of us can see ourselves forward in time. None of us can do that. Have your Bible open at Acts chapter 26. The book of Acts chapter 26. A number of weeks ago, my wife was sorting out some of the old family photo albums. How many here have a photo album? Family photo album, all kinds of pictures from who knows when. (laughs) These are precious. And uh, boy, if there was ever a house fire, it'd be one of the first things we'd grab and run out the door with it. But as she was uh, looking at some of the old family photos, there was a picture of her and I back in 1981 when we were first married. And I'd like to share that picture with you. Yeah. <laughs> don't. <clears throat> you look at her, don't look at me. Don't, <laughs> don't rub it in. I had a full head of hair back then. And uh, anyhow, in the photo album, as she's flipping the pages, just a few pages later, there we were again, 30 years later. Put that picture up. And we put the two pictures side by side, just like that, and we started looking at them, and we started commenting on all the changes, all the differences, and how we had grown, not just older, but, um, you know, there was uh, emotional changes, mental changes, spiritual changes. There were also um, numerical changes. There were more of us. We didn't, uh, we didn't have the children back in the picture on the left there. So uh, lots of changes like that. But then all of a sudden, as we were looking at these photos, I'm looking at my younger self. The thought suddenly occurred to me that now I have the ability to see my younger self back in 1981. I can see what I looked like And I know a little more about me back in 1981. But back then, my younger self, back in 1981, my younger self had no ability to look forward and to see me as I am today. Does that make sense? And so as I thought about this, I thought of the words, I can see you, but you can't see me. Isn't that true? I can see my younger self, but back in 1981, my younger self couldn't see me today. Of course, if I could, I'd probably jump off a building or something. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to look like that. Okay, you can put those, put those away. Back to the album they go. But, you know, I think we're kind of all in the same boat here. I think we're all pretty much the same. Today, we can see our younger selves as we were when we were young, But when we were young, we couldn't see our older selves. We had no way of looking ahead and seeing what we're going to look like today or the changes in us. And so all of us can look at our younger selves, all of us, and all of us can say, I can see you, 
but you can't see me. Um, I found some nice photos on the internet, and I thought you might like to see this. It helps to sort of amplify what I'm saying. Now, they've done it just slightly different, but I want to show you this. Put that first picture up. There we have an older gentleman, and he's looking in the mirror, and he's looking at his younger self. You see his wife sort of standing to one side looking at him, and he's looking at himself, and what does he see? He sees himself as what? An airplane pilot. When he was a younger man, he would fly these, these big uh, airplanes and fly people maybe all around the world. And I imagine he's probably retired now. But you see, he can look in the mirror and he could say, I can see you, but you can't see me. Put the next picture up. Here we have a, an older woman and she's looking in the mirror. And you see what she's seeing? Her younger self. Can you, can you see her hands at all? And I don't know from where you're sitting if you can see her hands in the mirror. And it looks like she, she's a, an artist. And maybe she's thinking, boy, I can't do that anymore. My hands can't hold the pen. Can't hold the pen, can't hold it steady. Can't do what I used to do. And she may be thinking, I can see you, but you can't see me. We have another picture. So here's an older gentleman. His wife, of course, is there looking on in love. And he's looking at himself. And you see what he sees in the mirror? What, what did he used to do? Fireman, yeah. He was a fireman, brave fireman. Run, rush, rush into a burning building and uh, maybe bring out uh, some uh, survivors. Maybe he saved people's lives. It looks like he'd sort of done that all his life. Look on the wall behind him. There looks to be like some kind of fireman plaque. Maybe he served for 40 years or something in this job. And perhaps he's retired now. And he's looking and he sees his younger self. And he's saying, I can see you, but you can't see me. We have another one. I hope you don't mind these. And here's another older woman. That may be her daughter standing behind her. And there she is looking in the mirror. And look how young she was. And she had her hair fixed up and she's got, you know, a, white gloves on. It looks like she's, she's going to be going out someplace. And you can see the piano as well. Maybe she was a, a virtuoso, a piano player. And she's remembering back over the years. There she was. And, and the thoughts she would think. And the feelings she would feel. And she would say, I can see you, but you can't see me. And I think there's one more. Yeah, here we have an older gentleman. And there he is looking at himself in the mirror. He looks like he's all alone. Maybe his wife passed on. Maybe he never married. But he's looking at a younger self. And it looks like he was involved with what? Military, the army, or maybe, or something, perhaps, perhaps the Air Force, I can't quite tell. But he's uh, looking at himself as he stood there tall and strong in that uniform. And he's remembering back to some of his attitudes and his thoughts and what he thought he would do with his life. And there he is now, maybe he's about to have a shave. You can see the shaving brush there on the, the, the sink. And he's looking at himself in the mirror. And he may well be saying, 
I can see you, but you can't see me. Interesting. Okay, I think that's all. You can put that away. Thank you. You know, as we look at our younger selves, and in my message today, I'm going to be talking about looking at our younger selves in a photograph, not a mirror, but a photograph. And as we look at our younger self in a photograph, we can see how young we were. And we probably are reminded of times of foolishness that led to some pretty bad decisions. We may have had some hot blood back then and we would fly off the handle when we were much younger. Maybe we fly out a little bit today too, I'm not sure. But, you know, we would see maybe our pride. We'd see our faults and our mistakes, our sins and our errors in that photograph, that younger self. And if we've had children, we can look in the photograph and we can see their faces all aglow. But wait, there's more. We can look at photographs of our friends when they were young too. And maybe we are aware of some things they came through. Maybe some victories, maybe some tragedies. Maybe some of our friends aren't even alive today. But you see, likewise, I can see you, but you can't see me. So, when you think about it, it's an amazing thought, isn't it? I can see you, but you can't see me. All of us can see ourselves backwards, back in time, but none of us can see ourselves forward in time. None of us can do that. And so today I'd like to explore this a little more with you, this idea, this thought, I can see you, but you can't see me. There's some mighty important truth there for you and for me. Would you bow your head in prayer and let's begin and ask the Lord to help us. Father, thank you for the blessings of this wonderful service. Thank you for this golden opportunity we have to, uh, to look at some scriptures and a thought that's so piercing. Please touch our hearts today. And help, help us to know how we can be more of what you want us to be. We pray that if there be anyone here today or watching online who has not yet personally received Jesus Christ as his or her personal Savior, that you would open the eyes of their understanding, that you would give them faith, give them the ability to see and understand that they need a Savior. Jesus is his name. And so lead us along now, Father. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as you read the Old Testament, you can't help but read the book of Psalms. And King David wrote many, maybe most of the Psalms. Certainly not all of them, but many of them. And something that King David said that I've always thought about over the years in Psalm 37, he said these words, I have been young and now am old. I have been young and now am old. Now, every one of us here today are a little older than we were yesterday, than we were a year ago, and maybe you have changed in a year. Maybe you're a little different in some ways. Maybe you're a little more mellow. Maybe you're a little more wise. But we're all changing. And we can all sort of look back on our younger selves. Now, I hope you have your Bible open in Acts chapter 26, because here we have the Apostle Paul uh, and you know, he changed quite a bit from when he was a young man 
to uh, when he was here in chapter 26, standing before one of the most powerful kings. And the Apostle Paul, when he was a young man, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't born again, he wasn't saved. He was headed for hell, but he was religious. And this is an important point. People can be religious, 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 and yet still not be going to heaven. They can still be doing it their way, and they'll end up in hell. And the Apostle Paul was about as religious as you could possibly get, but he was still a lost sinner, alienated from God. Paul only knew about God. He did not actually know God personally. Now, I'll be honest, there are many people in the world today that do not believe that anyone can know God personally. All we can do is know about God. He's out there somewhere, but there's no way that you can actually have contact with God. I'm here to say that that is wrong. That's a mistake. Because God teaches us in the Bible and we have living proof. There are untold millions and millions of people that have had that contact with God through Jesus Christ. That's what it's all about. Paul didn't have that when he was at that point in his life. He only knew about God. His understanding of religion did not connect him with God. Someone once said that if your religion doesn't connect you with God, you ought to change your religion. Something's not right. Now, in chapter 26, we find Paul recounting his life as a younger man to this powerful politician named King Agrippa. And in verse 5, Paul says, he's referring to the, the Jews, which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most straightest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Paul was saying that as a young man, he was raised as a Jewish Pharisee, which meant... He was living a very, very religious, strict life. And now verses 10 and 11, we're just going to skip down a bit here in the narrative. He says how he, he hated Christians. He hated these people who claimed to have a connection with God through Jesus Christ. He hated them and he persecuted them. Verse 10, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many of the saints did I shut up in prison having received authority from the chief priests and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. And I punished them oft in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Wow. Talk about being zealous for your cause. Paul, in his younger days, he was so religiously strict and straight and alienated from God, by the way. And he hated the people who said that they have made connection with God through Jesus Christ. He hated them and he persecuted them. And so then he tells how he himself one day met Jesus Christ. Look in verse number 12. Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven above the brightness of the sun shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick 
against the pricks. Now, just a moment of explanation here. As the farmer was plowing the field behind his, his ox, the ox would often kick back and sometimes damage or break the plow. So what farmers did back then was they carried a long stick with a sharp point called a prick on the end. They would carry this so that when the ox would kick, it would kick into the, the prick and, and sort of, ouch, hurt itself and then learn not to be kicking back at the plow. And so Jesus used this analogy with Paul. And he said, why are you persecuting me? He said, it is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. That's exactly what Paul was doing. And he was hurting himself, hurting himself. Verse 15, and I said, who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. Folks, this one meeting with Jesus Christ changed Paul's life from that point on. Do you remember a time in your life when you met Jesus Christ? Do you remember that time? Where were you and what you were doing and maybe how you were dressed and people around you and maybe what day of the week and what the circumstances were? Do you remember when you met Jesus? Because, folks, it's not what you know, it's who you know. If you want to get to heaven, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And if you know Jesus personally as your Savior, that's how you get to heaven. And so Paul had his whole life changed. He finishes by telling King Agrippa that what he does now, well, let me read it for you in verse 22. Having therefore obtained help of God, I continue unto this day witnessing, both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses, as back in the Old Testament, uh, did say should come, that Christ should suffer and that he should be uh, the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the Gentiles. So Paul said, here's what I'm doing with my life now. Paul, in recounting his younger self, looking back to when he was a young unsaved man persecuting Christians, Paul could sort of look at that photograph. They didn't have photographs back then, but you get the idea. Paul could sort of look at that picture of himself and Paul could say, I can see you, but you can't see me. Back years and years before, Paul, as an unsaved young man, could not see what he would become. And here he was persecuting the very people that he came to love. Interesting. Tremendous change. Here's a man then, Paul, who started life not so good. But I'm happy to say he finished well. His life finished pretty good, I would say. Oh, the difference that Jesus Christ makes when we receive him into our hearts by faith. Now, looking at our younger selves in the photograph, and I want you to imagine, all, all of you, I want you to imagine that you're looking at a, a younger picture of yourself now. Maybe the picture's 10 years ago. Maybe the picture's 40 years ago or more. But I want you to imagine looking at yourself in a younger photograph. And looking at your younger self, I wonder how many of us wish we could go back in time with what we know now and we could make a few changes. And I'm not saying to become wealthier. Put the money aside. Forget about the money. Some of you, oh, I, I'd go back and I'd invest in this and I'd buy these stocks and I would forget that. 
But aren't there some changes you think you could have made in your lives, your life so that you become a happier person, so that you become more content with what you have, less greedy for things you don't have? Aren't there some changes maybe that you could have made if you could go back with what you know now? Aren't there some things you could change that would result in you being more at peace with God, more faithful, more gracious, more loving? Hmm? Aren't there some changes that you could have made? I'm sure, I know in my life, there are a number of changes that I could make that I would be less like the world and more like Jesus. And I think that's an important change. Money is not the be-all and end-all. Isn't it true that if we could go back, we could make changes, we could avoid many arguments that led to big disruptions. We could make changes that would prevent us from experiencing those sorrows, those losses. We would treat each other better. We would read our Bibles more. We'd pray more often. We'd be more faithful to the Lord in church. And so today, all of us here, we have the ability to look in the mirror. Now I'm using the mirror. We can look in the mirror because the mirror is going to give you an image of what you are right now. The mirror is not going to show you what you looked like yesterday or tomorrow. The mirror is going to tell you right now. So that's how I'm using the mirror. We all have the ability to look in the mirror and see what we are right now. And we all have the ability to look in the photograph and see what we looked like or see what we were back then. Be it a year or be it 50 years. We have that ability, don't we? The mirror and the photograph. You can see yourself as you are today and you can see yourself as you were years ago. So we all have that ability. We can look at our younger selves and we can say, I can see you but you can't see me. Now it's sad, listen carefully, it's sad, but how many of us here will one day in the future look in the mirror again and look in the photograph again, but we're not going to like what we see? How many of us here one day are going to wonder, how did this happen? How did it come to pass how is it that I got worse and not better? That's a sad thought, don't you think? And really, there are people like that. The photographs of them, maybe as a young boy or a young girl or a young teen, look pretty good. They look to be going the right way. Maybe they even had their eyes on the Lord. But then they got their eyes onto the world. And then they departed. And things happened. And decisions, terrible decisions were made. Horrible sorrows and disruptions. And after many years, they look in the mirror and they say, I don't like what I see. That's why people commit suicide. It's one reason. They just can't live with what they see in the mirror. Did you know that Jesus Christ can help with that? Did you know that? None of us need ever contemplate suicide because Jesus Christ is more than enough. 
You see, when I couldn't go to him, he came to me. And he knocks on heart's doors. He really does. And sads, but sometimes Christians, men and women, they should know better. They get off into worldly things. And you reap what you sow. I hope we all know that. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. In Galatians chapter 6, God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And months or years of sowing the wrong seed is definitely going to bring some sorrow and heartache. And even though you may have a fistful of money, what good is that when you've lost your loved ones and you've lost your health and you've lost your reputation? And some people will gladly trade those things in for a fistful of money only at the end to realize what a mistake. They don't like what they see in the mirror. They might have, a, have had a pretty good looking photograph, but the mirror tells a different story, doesn't it? Where we're at right now. None of us have a crystal ball. We don't have it. Those people who say they have it don't believe them. They don't got it either. If any of them really did, why didn't they warn us about COVID? They don't have any crystal ball to save their lives. That's all a money-making scam. Don't fall for that stuff. That and the palm reading, don't go for that. Tarot cards are the, one of the worst things. I hope none of you have anything like that in your home. Get rid of all that junk. You will only open the door for the devil to come into your heart, to come into your home. Cleanse your home. Get rid of the Ouija board. Hey, listen, get rid of the, the gambling stuff too. All that Las Vegas gambling stuff. Get rid of all that. Clean all that stuff out of your home. Now, if you have a lotto ticket, burn it. But what if, um, what, if, what, what if it's the winning ticket? That's my point. You don't want to win. So there's only one thing worse than buying a lotto ticket, and that's winning. You will have every crazy person in the world at your doorstep. Oh, it won't happen to me. They all said that. Anyhow, I'm not here to talk about that. I'll talk about that another day. But cleanse your life. Cleanse your home of all of that stuff. That stuff is not going to give you a, a good-looking image in the mirror. That's just going to tear you down. By the way, the wrong kind of music will do that too. I don't mean to harp. But really, if you're listening to music with a worldly thump and a worldly beat and worldly lyrics, well, that's not going to draw you close to Jesus. Get rid of that stuff. And they have it for kiddies too, by the way. They have disco and they have this heavy thump beat for kiddies. The devil is indoctrinating the children so that the children grow up with it. Worldly music. Get that stuff out of your home. I've raised kids too. There, there is no crystal ball. We cannot see what will become in the future. Only God alone. Only God. Only God knows how we will finish our lives. He is the only one that can stand at the end of our life and say, well, I can see you, but you can't see me. If you have another year, another 10, another 50 years to live, God is standing at the end of your days. And you know, you can't see him, but he can see you. And he can see everything that you're going to do and come through for the rest of your days here on earth. God can say, I can see you, but you can't see me. You see, to God, all of the days of your life, all of the years of your life, it's like one big photograph to Him. 
He sees your entire life from your inception to the very day you die or are raptured. He sees it all. And it's just like one big picture. That's it. One picture. He sees everything in your life. Everything. By the way, he also sees your sin. And so when Jesus died for your sin, he died for the whole photograph. He didn't die for part of the photograph of your life. He died for it all. That's why we know we're secure in Jesus. It's not up to us. We can't save ourselves. We can't keep ourselves saved. It's only His grace holding us. Ah, That ought to make you so thankful to God. So humbled, teary-eyed, you know, in love and joy and thankfulness to God for what He's doing for you. God sees our lives. Only God can do that. And now, this is very important. Please don't miss this. I'm going to share with you an important key to life. Your life, my life, our lives are not determined by what we want. Our lives are not determined by what we want. Our lives are determined by the choices we make. There's a lot of things I want, but I'll never get them. But my life is determined day by day by the decisions, by the choices I make. Your life is determined by your choices. When you look in the mirror and you look in the photograph, how did I get from there to here? By all the choices you made. Hopefully they were good choices. I'll tell you this. God tells us in the Bible how to make good choices. Our problem, we don't read the Bible. That's our problem. We're not reading the Bible. Do you remember Jesus talking about a rich man and and a guy named Lazarus? They both died. The rich man went where? He went to? Say it. He went where? Hell. And Lazarus, he went to heaven or Abraham's bosom. All right. It's in Luke chapter 16. Read it later. The rich man lift up his eyes in hell and realize that he, he was in hell. And he saw far off, this big gulf, and far off he could see Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. And one of the things the rich man said was, send Lazarus back from the dead to talk to my five brothers. I got five brothers. Have Lazarus go back into life and warn my five brothers about this place that they not end up here. And and, and Abraham answered him and said, no, your five brothers, they have the Bible. They have Moses and the prophets. And the man says, huh, they, they don't read the Bible. But they'll, they'll believe if someone came back from the dead and Abraham says, no, no, no. If your brothers won't believe God's Word, the Bible, neither will they believe even if one came back from the dead. You know, our problem, one of our biggest problems, we're not reading God's Word enough. So I have my devotions every day. Tell me about it. Well, I just flip the Bible. Flip, 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 flip. See, see? And then I look and I say, ah, there it is right there. O generation, see ye the word of the Lord. wonder what that means. Oh, well, don't know, but that's my devotion for today. That's how some people read the Bible. Mm. We don't read the Bible enough. That's why we make bad decisions. And we don't pray enough. That's another reason we don't make good decisions. 
So we make these bad decisions because God has put the answers there. We just, we just don't want to read them. Take too much time. Or we think we have a better idea. So let's do it our way. And it's like that song that Frank Sinatra used to sing. I did it my way. Well, he did, didn't he? And where is he now? You see, that's where our way ends up. God's way is better. It's always better. You know, there's one way to guarantee you're going to finish your life well. There's one way. And that's let the Lord have His way in your life. Let the Lord be the Lord in your life. Why? Because His way is best. Let Him have His way with thee. Why? Because God's way is perfect. In fact, the Bible says that. Psalm 18, verse 30. As for God, His way is perfect. That's what the Bible says. So, you look at yourself in the mirror where you are today. Maybe you look in the photograph where you used to be. And if you're concerned at all about your future and how you're going to finish your life, the answer is simple. Let him have his way with thee. Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 6, taught us to pray, and he said these words, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You remember that? We call it the Lord's Prayer, right? Well, you and I, we ought to be praying, Lord, Thy will be done in me. That's how we ought to be praying. Lord, Your will in my life. In Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. What does it mean? It simply means let him have his way with thee. God's way is perfect, and that's the only way you're going to guarantee a successful conclusion to your life. Cyrus Nussbaum was born in 1861. Cyrus grew up and got saved and became a pastor in the Methodist denomination. Now, interestingly, Cyrus also later became an American army captain in World War I. He was appointed by President Woodrow Wilson to inspect the work of the Red Cross over in France. However, back in the 1880s, Nussbaum was struggling in the pastoral ministry. He was assigned to an extremely poor district, and he and his wife were having difficulty making ends meet. He hoped and prayed that he might be appointed to a better situation, but the denominational leaders left him right where he was. And Cyrus said these words. He wrote, he said, I was very unhappy and a spirit of rebellion seemed to possess me. And then about midnight, I finally knelt in prayer beside my chair. After some struggle, a deep peace came over my heart. I told the Lord I would be willing to let Him have His way with me, regardless of the cost. With that feeling of surrender to the will of God came the inspiration for an amazing hymn that we often sing right here in this church. 
Cyrus wrote this hymn, Would you live for Jesus and be always pure and good? Would you walk with Him within the narrow road? Would you let Him bear your burden, carry all your load? Let Him have His way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see was best for him to have his way with thee. All of us here can say to our younger self, I can see you, but you can't see me. If your younger self could see you today, would your younger self be proud of you? That's a question too, isn't it? I'd like to have some prayer and I'd like to invite you to stand to your feet, please. Thank you for watching the message today. We invite you to join us again every Sunday and Wednesday for more inspiring messages from God's Word.